You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints may take similar approaches to Sunday's matchup with two offenses trying to do similar things that look very different. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. On the show today, it is Crossover Thursday, so we'll be joined by the host of Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson, and we're going to break down everything you need to know about this Bears-Saints matchup. We'll look at some of the New Orleans players coming off of injury and how that could impact this matchup, some of the things the Saints are going to try and do offensively to attack this Bears defense, as well as how this Saints defense has really turned it around late in this season and is playing, like, statistically, a top-five unit. A lot of different dynamics to get to in this matchup on both sides of the ball, so let's jump right in. Welcome to our Crossover Thursday Wild Card Playoff Edition. Myself, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints. My good friend, Lauren Cox, host of Locked on Bears, doing a phenomenal job over there. Uh, you know, I, I try to be as good as Lauren at all times, but I'm, I'm not as good. Uh, but <laughs> sure. we got a lot to get through today uh, in terms of looking at these. We're going to start off Saints offense, Bears defense, give some injury updates, talk a bit about this matchup, and then we'll flip the script and then go Bears offense, Saints defense. So, Lauren... Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and always a pleasure to be here. Congratulations. We both made it to the playoffs. We're here. How are you feeling about this matchup? Just kind of in general. Well, you know, there's a reason why it's the biggest spread on betonline.ag right now. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, this is a bears team that I think earned a playoff spot. Maybe. I mean, compared to some of the rest of the NFC, I think maybe the Miami Dolphins and some AFC teams may have a little bit of a a gripe there, but like Mm -hmm. the Bears played well enough down the stretch to feel like maybe they belonged in this playoff conversation. I mean, they beat the Minnesota Vikings to kind of earn that spot. So like they, they belong in the playoffs, but they're not anywhere close to the caliber of well-rounded team as the Saints and the Packers and some of these other true NFC contenders. But in the playoffs, one game at a time, we've seen crazier things happen. Yes, very, very true. And uh, no need to remind us, uh, of course, <laughs> about how crazy it can be. Uh, the Saints, of course, getting the number two seed and will play. The, the number two seed now does not have a bye, so they will be hosting uh, this wild card matchup, two seed versus seven seed, first time that that has happened. So we're going to start off with the Saints offense, Bears defense. For the Saints offense, look, I- I'm just going to tell you, I think that the biggest key for the Saints offense here is going to, the way that I look at it specifically, score on three of the four opening possessions that you get 
play for the ball at the end of the second half for you know one of those classic Drew Brees two minute drills, and then hopefully you've also uh, you know won in the coin toss, right? Obviously the Bears will be selecting, but won the situation of the coin toss to where you can get the ball back in the second half. I think uh, an early lead for the Saints is really really important for them in this game to sort of dictate the rhythm of it. Well, the Bears have been recently just now kind of switching to if they win the coin toss taking the ball right away and trying to start fast and get out ahead Aha. a little bit so there's there's some potential to play in there but it's also i think to avoid falling behind early in a way i mean this is a bears offense now that wants to kind of start a little bit on the the slower side and so it kind of control the ball and, and make things easier on that bears defense so I, I have a feeling both the bears and the saints are going to want to try and do some of the same things in terms of uh, how they want to attack opposing defenses. And I, I know the Bears are looking forward to, I think, what will be a little bit of a different matchup with the the Saints offense as what they had last week with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think Breeze and Rodgers playing a, a slightly different brand of quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Drew Brees has been a lot more aggressive here recently since he came back against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, it's, it's Drew Brees' version of aggressive. It's aggressive, but it's efficient, and it's still safe, you know, unless they're trying to force-feed Emmanuel Sanders to get him a $500,000 roster bonus. But when it comes down to the, you know, what what you're going to see from Drew Brees and the Saints offense, the anticipation is that they'll be getting Alvin Kamara back. Uh, he won't be able to practice, however, but he should be healthy for game day, so he could get back out on the field. A more sure conversation is that Michael Thomas is on his way back. He returned to practice on Wednesday, as did Deontay to Harris, who has been big for them in the return game, as well as kind of another yet another sort of multi-purpose back over there. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you're going to see a, a more comfortable Drew Brees because of that. And you're going to see them try to take advantage of having Michael Thomas back on the field. Drew Brees and Michael Thomas only having played 10 uh, quarters together over the regular season. And Drew Brees and Michael Thomas haven't been on the same field against the uh, Chicago Bears since I believe 2017 at the same time. So this is going to be a, a big adjustment for them. And obviously they'll try to get that connection going as early as possible. Yeah. And see, the interesting thing here is like the Bears are trying to get their secondary back to somewhat closer to full health because it's very difficult for the defensive coordinator to scheme a lot of success with replacing your rookie second round pick with a rookie fifth round pick on the outside and also you're already struggling slot cornerback replaced with last year's sixth round pick filling in Mm -hmm. there you can imagine last week Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams had some fun with that and so Michael Thomas and, and even Emmanuel Sanders with Drew Brees is Remains a pretty solid concern there. Uh, Jalen Johnson, their starter, has missed the last, I think, three games. We might be up to four now with a shoulder injury. He was finally limited at practice on Wednesday, which was uh, an encouraging step forward. I think he had been a DNP every practice for the last three or four weeks since he's been out. But uh, a step closer to potentially returning there while their slot cornerback buster screen, he's been in the concussion protocol for almost a month now to the point where like, I'm like a little bit concerned. Like that's a, Oh wow. That's a a long, he is still not cleared concussion protocol. It was, I think like honestly, even like late November when he suffered that injury, I don't know. I mean, it it must be a very serious concussion type situation because it's still, he still is a DNP still has not even cleared concussion protocol, let alone return to practice and be up to speed to play. So, a little bit more confident in the outside cornerback spot coming back, but I think that's almost more important at this point. So you can you can kind of identify one weakness and try and support that as opposed to, I think, mm-hmm. even if healthy buster screen in the slot was already kind of a weakness. So if you can 
if you can get the other spot a little bit more secure, you can deal with that one area that had already been a concern with a lot of shading Eddie Jackson as a safety to kind of double-team some slot stuff to bring a robber sure. safety down and take away some of those deep crossing routes. Some different things to try and help there and hopefully be able to leave that other outside cornerback one-on-one a little more often. It's just one of many potential matchups here that's going to be influenced by the injury report. And we'll take a closer look at what New Orleans is dealing with on offense, including the potential returns of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, next on Locked On Bears. The betonline.ag spread for this matchup has stayed pretty steady at Bears plus 10.5, but they've got a lot more bets to offer on this matchup than just your traditional spread money line and point totals. I mean, anything as far as margin of victory, points scored in the first half, in the first quarter, the number of touchdowns the Bears are going to score, how the first score of the game is going to be scored. Of course, different ranges for margins of victory, exact number of touchdowns, and so much more. So many different ways to play and win at betonline.ag. And it's the number one place we trust. They've even got Bears Super Bowl odds at 80-1 to to win the Super Bowl right now, as well as just winning the NFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl at 40-1. to That's Bears plus 4,000, tied with Washington, for the longest odds in both of those matchups. If you're ready to get off the sidelines and get in on the action, head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account today. Use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, make sure that you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball. They're picking football. We got the playoffs. NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the show that you're listening to right now, whether it's Locked On Saints or Locked On Bears. I don't care which one it is. So I think that uh, that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup to watch if Jalen Johnson gets back out on the field. Jalen Johnson, who I'm extremely high on and, and have loved watching in a Bears uniform, him matching up with Michael Thomas, I, I assume, uh, if he's able to return and then sort of how the rest of the Saints receiving options lay in after that. But of course, one of the biggest stories is going to be Alvin Kamara potentially getting back to the field. It might be at a lesser percentage because of the fact that he won't be able to be a part of practice all throughout the week. But him coming back out onto the field, the matchup that I'm watching there and the, in the Bears injury report is Roquan Smith with the elbow injury and whether or not he's going to be okay to go. I think that Roquan Smith is a big part of whether or not, you know, how, or let me just say it is a big uh, matchup for Alvin Kamara and the New Orleans Saints. 100%. And the Roquan thing is interesting because the perception has been, you know, an all pro pro bowl caliber type season. Of course he was not voted to the pro bowl, but he's mm-hmm. been viewed this year as kind of the, the next bears linebacker really kind of coming into right. his own. And he's made some impressive plays and I think he's been a lot better in coverage, but it's gone a bit overlooked in Chicago that he's been troublesome at times in run defense still that he, he'll get too aggressive attacking a gap to try and maybe make, you know, sneak in there and make a play. But then, a lot of times linebackers in this scheme are responsible for a couple of gaps. You have to kind of scrape over and get to another one if the running back doesn't cut back. You know, you have a couple of responsibilities there, and he hasn't done a good job of always keeping all of those responsibilities in mind. And 
opening mm. up some space for running backs to kind of break through. So I, I don't know that it could, would be as huge of a loss necessarily in run defense, although it's still a very small sample size from his backup and his replacement, Josh Woods, is a former undrafted free agent. A similar kind of like freak athlete who runs really hard, but not nearly the instincts and the talent of Roquan Smith. But I, so I think my concern with Kamara comes more so as a receiver and, and matching up in that regard against anybody Definitely. in the Bears secondary, especially the linebackers. Whereas I don't know that the run defense is going to suffer a ton without Roquan Smith, but it still, I think, can be vulnerable either way if you can break through that defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be the big thing, right? How, how successful can the Saints offensive line, which has been playing phenomenal over the past couple of weeks, particularly at the tackle position. How successful can they be up against this Bears defensive line? Uh, Cesar Ruiz looks like he's going to be coming in to start in place of Nick Easton, who's dealing with concussion issues. A lot of rumors floating around about him for right now, but we know that he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Cesar Ruiz struggled a bit in the last Bears matchup, allowing eight pressures. I assume that that interior pressure is going to be a big focus for uh, the defensive line there. Yeah, I mean, all pressure at this point needs to be the focus for the Bears defense. Sure, sure. The pass rush just hasn't been nearly consistent enough, and that includes Khalil Mack, although he, he doesn't have as many sacks as he does on a typical year, but he's still been able to generally generate pressure at a similar rate. So I don't have... I mean, he hasn't made, the, again, the game-changing, you know, the big forced fumble, the big sack on key third and right. eight that you have to get. He hasn't been there for as many of those, but he has been the same solid Khalil Mack for the most part. But, like, everybody else has been more non-existent than they need. Even Akeem Hicks, from a pass-rushing standpoint, hasn't been quite as consistent or as dominant on the inside as the Bears would like. Robert Quinn on the other edge, definitely a huge disappointment after being a pretty high, high-dollar investment this offseason. And... The, the other defensive linemen, some rotational guys in there have made some plays, but none of them are really, you know, consistent go-to every down type guys. So, you know, it was a struggle against Green Bay to get some pass rush going. That was part of why Aaron Rodgers had some success. They did get a couple of hits on him. Like, they're getting closer, mm-hmm. but with the rate that Drew Brees is able to get rid of the ball fairly quickly, I have some real concerns about the Bears' pass rush being able to make that difference up front, and they're certainly hesitate, hes- hesitant to blitz when you've got injured players in your secondary and need as many guys back there to help. Oh, it's going to be such a fun matchup to watch, and this is only half of it, Lauren. We've only gotten through half of it so far. Now we're going to flip the script. We're going to take a look at the Bears' offense going up against the Saints' defense. I think at this point, Bears fans have a pretty good grasp of what this offense is. The defense has been a little bit shakier the last four or five games as the offense has kind of established its own identity with some very clear limitations, but a higher floor than perhaps we once thought. And the Saints defense, Mm -hmm. on their hand, I think since week eight, has gotten a lot better. Certainly they have statistically. So I guess I want to start there. What, What has changed on that side of the ball? And then we can get into a little bit of what's changed in the Bears offense since then. Yeah, I think for the Saints defense, it comes down to a couple of different things, right? It's it, it's it's assignment sound football. Uh, the the translation of the defense has gotten a lot easier. Eye discipline has increased. That is a huge part of it. And then just figuring out the correct, or let me not say correct, but the most advantageous usages for each player. The way that Malcolm Jenkins was used early in the season is no longer the way that Malcolm Jenkins is used now. He's used less in the box, more closer to the line of scrimmage, a little bit more like what the Philadelphia Eagles did with him. Last week, of course, was an exception with Marcus Williams out. He, they were utilizing him a little bit more in splits safety roles. C.J. Garner-Johnson utilizing him as a blitzer. That really came about around the last Bears game. Uh, the the play of the defensive line has continued to stand up, particularly with guys like Trey Hendrickson, who finished with 13 and a half sacks on the season. And then 
the the additional Quan Alexander at the trade deadline was a huge piece for the Saints defense because it just sort of recultivated what that linebacker position looked like next to Demario Davis. Now Quan Alexander is out, but he has done a ton of work to refine the responsibilities of that position. And now Alex Anzalone steps into a role that is more simplified than what he was playing earlier on in the season, which allows Demario Davis and these other pieces around to do more of the work that they are uh, most efficient at. Well, I think those linebackers are going to be put in a little bit more of a spotlight. I think the Bears are going to mm-hmm. try and test them in some different ways. I mean, as we've seen Matt Nagy kind of take back over some of the play calling from the Bears offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, that they've done a pretty good job of maintaining this new style that's been successful for them. It's almost like switching from the Andy Reid system to more of the Kyle Shanahan tree, which is... I mean, it's it's weird because like the Bears don't really have any coaches with a direct background there, but it's what's working for Mitch Trubisky. A lot of mm-hmm. play action, a lot of moving pockets, a lot of rollouts, and a lot of simplified reads. But it's not the same simplified reads that they had tried in the past with Mitch. So like in previous years, it's like still straight drop back passing, you know, out of the shotgun. And it's a curl flat. It's a slant flat. It's the kind of still middle of the field based, but not really a lot of options to push the ball in any way, shape, or form. But now as he's kind of rolling out, he can he can look at a few different levels down the sideline. And and you're still not seeing a lot of deep shots really naturally built into that progression. But Mitch has gotten mm-hmm. better at going more to the intermediate guy. You know, initially it was he's always thrown to the tight end on the underneath check down. And and he still does that quite a bit, but We've seen a little bit more of a propensity to hit the guy that's, you know, five to ten yards downfield instead of the tight end that's wide open at the line of scrimmage. And that's kind of where Bears fans are looking for the growth of this offense to be. But there's still some concerns of, all right, when Mitch has to drop back and do a straight drop back and go through a full field progression and try and find somebody open downfield, he still sometimes tries to press it too much, tries to make a throw that either isn't there or he doesn't have the anticipatory vision to see properly to put the ball in the right place and it's resulted in a couple of turnovers at some pretty inopportune times that Bears fans are worried may end up costing them in this playoff game. Sure yeah and that's completely understandable I mean like that that brand of football should sound familiar to uh, to Saints fans that are listening at the moment because that oftentimes tends to be the way that the Saints will try to you know, uh, that, that will look to operate their offense, stay close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, we can look at the intended air yards from week 17 for both of these teams. Drew Brees, seven yards, Mitch Trubisky, 5.3. But the big difference has been aggressive passing, right? Trying to, uh, and aggressive passing is defined by throwing passes to a receiver who has a defender within one yard. Uh, Drew Brees near the bottom of the league there in week 17 and throughout the season at 9.4. And then of course, Mitch Trubisky a little bit higher there at 23.8. So I think that's one of the big differences between how these two teams operate. And for the Saints defense, that means they have to be able to take advantage of that. If they're one yard within uh, a target, they have to be able to make plays on the ball and steal some possessions i mean whether that means forcing some three and outs to get the ball back to the offense as quickly as possible because i mentioned that the state's key on offense should be to score you know the first three of four uh first three of four possessions which are any combination of field goals and touchdowns but the defense also has to hold up their end of the bargain there and get the ball back into their hands each of those times without allowing it to be more of a back and forth saints probably want to build a little bit of a lead and that's all great from the offensive side to have that goal but the defense has to be able to hold up their end of the bargain as well they have escalated a bit over the course of the season they welcome i think any team that's going to want to stay you know close to the line of scrimmage or play a condensed brand of football it's one that they're familiar with it's one that they know and it's one that 
they'll feel a little bit comfortable being more aggressive in in terms of attacking the football. But we've seen it before. The Saints can give the offense that they're facing, the offense they don't want to face. We saw that last time with Nick Foles, Darnell Mooney attacking down the field, things like that. So Saints do have to be cautious of that, that even though those deep shots maybe aren't super prevalent in terms of what the Bears are doing, that they will still have those shots built into play so that they can take them when available, and the Saints have to do everything that they can to limit those opportunities. Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like I feel similarly about like the Saints' offense against this Bears defense, right? I mean, Drew Brees wants to throw short, but there's going to be some of those deep shots there, and the right. Bears have to be ready that those are going to be mixed in and that there's going to be an opportunity there. So it's like both of these defenses are going to be asked a lot to step up and make those tackles, and you know they're going to be tempted to get greedy on jumping some of those underneath routes and be physical and take some of those away and that's when you have to be concerned about you know the double move and you know some different misdirection to try and get you to bite on some of those underneath throws and take advantage mm-hmm. of the space that you have over top so it's it's weird that, that they're going to be attempting it's not going to look the same but it's going to have some of the same intentions for both of these offenses but obviously I think there's not much debating that uh, the Saints have the better talent at quarterback and I think top to bottom at wide receiver too. It's a question of how well that talent comes together and actually performs on Sunday because these two teams have seen each other before, but it is going to look a little bit different. We'll go in-depth on a few of those differences and who's made the most change at key positions next on Locked on Bears. I don't know how many folks, they know us by our voices, right, Lauren? But I don't know how many folks actually know, but we are physical specimens. We are absolutely like gorgeous, beautiful, humongously built people. And it's all because of Built Bar. I don't know about you, but before I started with Built Bar, I had not an ounce of muscle in my body, but now I'm absolutely ripped because of Built Bar. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's it's the protein-packed deliciousness, but you're not going to add any of that extra body fat on because it's it's a low sugar food, it's a low calorie food. Right. But they're loaded up with most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories. I mean, it's it's unbeatable, especially with that taste. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I haven't even gone to the gym, and I just look like uh, a Greek statue, which is just absolutely incredible—a uh, sheer Adonis, both of us, thanks to Built Bar. And we're very appreciative of them. And they come through with some incredible flavors as well. Uh, some of the classics, like peanut butter, German chocolate, as well as mint brownie, which is one of my favorites. You have a bunch of new flavors as well: uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and all of these with like three, four, five grams of sugar. It's absolutely wild but also packed with protein at the same time. Right now on their website, I, I'm pretty close to pulling the trigger on a new flavor, dark chocolate cookie dough, limited time. Ooh. It has real pieces of cookie dough inside Ooh. in the bar. Still only 150 calories. I believe that one's seven grams of sugar when you get the cookie dough pieces in there, but sign me up, man. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to check that out, go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off of your next order, which should be an entire box of dark chocolate cookie dough. Not doubt about that. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, welcome back into this Locked On Bears, Locked On Saints crossover podcast, getting you ready for Sunday's big wild card matchup. And if you want even more in-depth analysis of this matchup you got to tune in Sunday morning for our Locked On NFL Sunday pregame show live every Sunday morning starting at 11 a.m. Eastern and that's 10 o'clock Central Time for all my Chicago listeners out there there's no sketches no celebrity cameos none of that fluff just football every single Sunday morning with hosts 
Ross Jackson, a voice you may recognize, as well as Cody Rourke. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live. Again, every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. You know, the, the talent on the offensive side for the Saints might be there, but of course there's going to be maybe some some rust to knock off. I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for them, if I'm being entirely honest. I think that that rust could be that or they could overcome that rust very quickly, so on and so forth. But for the Saints defense, you know, Allen Robinson, the last time that they played, had a field day with Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, you tweeted out a clip earlier <laughs> on Wednesday of him absolutely, and I think the word you used was appropriate, dusting Marshawn Lattimore. Now, Marshawn Lattimore, toward the end of the season, has played a much better game uh, than he played early on in the year. But, you know, look, Allen Robinson knows now, okay, this works, this doesn't work, so on and so forth. The double moves, as you mentioned, the fakes the outside and then breaking inside on an breaking route, like, all of those things have given Marshawn Lattimore trouble, and I'm sure that they're going to try to employ that or deploy that rather uh, yet again, and that would wisely so. And then when it comes down to you know the Saints defense, one of the biggest things is going to be is Marcus Williams back? Is he back from his injury? The the low ankle sprain that he had during the Minnesota Vikings game kept him out last week against Carolina. So that's PJ Williams back deep. You know, it's a couple of different of these receivers that are going to be back deep, and that's a big deal for the Saints, and they're going to need somebody there that has that range and has that playmaking ability to, first of all, help to limit those shots from being taken, but also potentially make those shots regretful for the Chicago Bears offense. Yeah, it feels like, as it does so often in some of these playoff matchups, like it's not going to come completely down to health, but it's going to be such a big swing in either direction. Like if, if for whatever Definitely. reason, Michael Thomas isn't able to go or Alvin Kamara isn't able to go or Marcus Williams and some of these other guys, I mean, that's a, a huge potential swing in the Bears' direction. Or, you know, if the Bears don't get... You know, Darnell Mooney starting off the week with an ankle injury, and there's some concern there that he because he suffered that last week, and he 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 has told Bears apparently a Bears fan is friends with Darnell Mooney via DM, and Darnell Mooney has said he's going to play, but that's mm. that's always uh, I think it's easy to say that on Wednesday and early in the week, and then we'll see how it goes by the end of the week. But regardless, if the Bears are without Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson and Buster Screen and Darnell Mooney, I don't know that they stand much of a chance in this matchup. But if if the Bears can be healthy and the Saints can can not be healthy. I mean, I think that's a potential to swing, maybe not the Massive. exact outcome of the game. I mean, I don't know that it's the complete difference between a win and a loss, but it it certainly could do a, a lot of points on the point spread there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the Saints too, I mean, even looking down to the defensive line, uh, Trey Hendrickson still dealing with a neck injury. He was limited this week. I, I kind of expected to see that on Wednesday, but we'll see how that progresses. He's been their most uh, reliable edge rushers so far this season, or let me even just say pass rusher this season, uh, along with David Onyemata, who's been phenomenal from the interior. But that's going to be a big deal for them too about putting pressure on Mitch Trubisky, right? We talked about the importance of the sa- of the uh, the Bears defense putting pressure on Drew Brees. Obviously, it's flip that right around, and it's just as important for the Saints defensive line. And that's one of the big differences from week eight to now is that the Bears offensive line, they've found the combination that works for them. I mean, back when they oh, first good. When, when they first played, it was the beginning of a downward spiral of mismatch players. And, and since then, the combination has changed pretty drastically from what they've I think the only thing that's the same right now is the left tackle. And the other four <laughs> positions are technically all different from who the Saints had faced them with. And they still... You know, they started to fight, face a real defense last week against the Packers and showed a little bit more vulnerability than they had in some of the previous games against the Jaguars and the Texans. They held up pretty well against the Vikings. But regardless, the Saints, like the Packers, will be certainly another step of 
level of competition that this offensive line is going to face. And I think I have more confidence in this group in terms of pass protection, given what the Bears do schematically with the play action and the rollouts that help Trubisky Mm -hmm. stay a little bit more clean. But the run blocking is is where I'm curious to see just how much space David Montgomery is going to have this time around because he didn't have much last time, and it took one kind of pre-designed, schemed run for Montgomery to break free for like 38 yards against the Saints the first time. Otherwise, it was a lot of running into walls, and the Bears want Mm -hmm. to control the clock and want to stick to and commit to the running game through the whole game. But if they can't get it going, we've seen Matt Nagy be pretty quick to kind of pull the the trigger on that and uh, abandon it quickly. Yeah, the Saints are going to do everything they can to force that for sure, (laughs) for sure, for sure. And uh, look, the boot action, play action, all that stuff, like that's going to test the Saints' eye discipline. We've seen it, and and particularly it's very effective in the red zone. So that's going to be a big part of this. And I know that for both the Bears and the Saints, red zone defense, I believe, has been a a bit of a concern, particularly this late in the season. And so, you know, I think that might be one of those places where the game gets played from 20 to 20, but the game gets decided from 20 to end zone. And last week, it was a lot of field goals for the Bears. They they had been particularly effective actually in the red zone during their little winning streak against bad teams but against Green Bay Mm -hmm. they left a lot of points on the board they had a lot of fourth down situations where they did actually go for it and they'd get into another fourth down and another fourth down and eventually Nagy would kind of just say all right we got to kick the field goal we can't keep going for it on these fourth downs so I I agree 100% it's it's not even necessarily the red zone but that just outside of the red zone area too right where you're kind of on the line of okay do we take a, a reasonable field goal here or do we kind of push through and try and get to the end zone the Bears stayed aggressive at times and then didn't have a complete appetite to stay aggressive by the end of the game and I think we'll see some more of that against the Saints if they keep having to convert some of those fourth downs and keep winding up in field goal type situations I think eventually they just start taking the points all right so let's let's wrap this up with this question real quick um why don't we have each of us give one major key Shout out DJ Khaled uh, for this game uh, in order for the Bears to win. What would be the biggest key from your perspective? And then I'll share mine from the Saints perspective. I think the biggest key from the Bears perspective is this defense finding its I don't, moxie, its mojo, its energy sure. again, its identity, uh-huh. its its swag. It's it's it, I mean, DJ Khaled level, you know, major bag alert. Like there they got to they got to <laughs> get out there and be that ferocious Bears defense, and they just haven't quite had that in a while. And I think that takes better pass rushing. It takes better discipline on the back end. I mean, they've taken some really poor angles from safety and defensive back spots, you know, not even just in run defense, but after the catch too. They've been a very good tackling team, but they haven't Mm -hmm. taken good angles to get to the ball carrier to attempt tackles all the time, and that's the difference. They've allowed allowed more yards after the catch than they really should, and it hasn't been directly missed tackles. It's just been poor defense and poor reaction after the catch. So I think, especially against the likes of Alvin Kamara and some of these Saints receivers, if the Bears defense can kind of get back to doing what this Bears defense is supposed to do, they feel like they can win with, you know, 21 points on offense and just holding the defense down to keep the Saints off the scoreboard. That's a good point. I think for the Saints on their side, generating pressure has been something that's been pretty consistent for them over the course of the season. Now it's about generating the turnovers, whether it be because of the pressure or otherwise. Uh, The Saints, uh, in terms of interceptions, four interceptions over the first seven games of the season, nine over the following four, zero over the four after that, and then five to wrap up the season in their 16th game. So there's a lot of variance there. It's a big number. But it's a lot of variance, right? They finished first in the NFL in in, in turn, or excuse me, in uh, interceptions. 
uh, and in you know they were high up there in takeaways as well. But the variance has been there, and I think they want to continue the upswing that they started against Carolina. Uh, obviously, I, I I think a better opponent here, especially considering that they face backup quarterback PJ Walker for a large chunk of that game as well. So I think a better opponent here, but they'll want to take advantage and they'll need to generate those turnovers and steal those possessions. I'll tell you, I I would almost guarantee a Saints defender will have a shot at an interceptable pass in this game. I won't guarantee that Trubisky throws an interception, but I think mm. we've seen three or four straight games now where whether Trubisky was picked off or not, he put pa- he put at least one pass right, I don't want to say right into a defender's arms, but definitely interceptable pass mm. will come the Saints' way in this game. We'll see if they catch it and can capitalize on it. Yeah, I, I fear I can say the same thing about Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Bears, their rookie fifth-round pick on the outside, Kendall Vildor, got, got two hands on an Aaron Rodgers pass last week. Couldn't come down with it, but almost snuck one away on him. So don't. Yeah, it's. I think there's a possibility for that to go both ways in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, uh, such a pleasure. Always appreciate talking to you. We got to do it early on in the season. Now we've gotten to talk about it here uh, between the matchup with these two teams here in the season. Y'all can follow Lauren on Twitter at Cox Sports One, the number one numeral, and then myself on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Uh, always a pleasure to be able to, to chop it up with you, man. Thanks again to Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints for joining us on this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Bears. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to be joined by Trevor Sykema from the Draft Network also one of the hosts of Locked On NFL Draft here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're not going to be talking about the NFL Draft, though. We are going to be talking about the Bears-Saints game, but it's not going to be the usual X's and O's type analysis that you're used to on this podcast. We're going to have a little fun with it. I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but you'll see what I mean. It's going to be a little bit something different, but plenty of laughter and smiles throughout. So make sure you tune back in for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, don't worry. Even if we're laughing and not taking it as seriously as we might normally do, we'll still make sure you go into the weekend ready to bear down.